the other one doesn't. So in the morning, oh. when I try to put them on, one is at 100%, the other one's at 10%, and it makes no sense. You should take it back, because that sounds like a defect. It does. It is a defect. Yeah, it's, it was a, it's a mess. I got them through Amazon, which makes it more annoying. Oh, never find that. No, yeah, but it's a, it's a pain in the ass. Well... I mean, outside of getting a new phone, I, I decided to buy a case that I saw on Instagram. And How'd that go? It, oh, it went fine. The case is great. It just weighs is about... Is it a Pella case? It's... Uh, I don't know what it's called. I forget what it is. I'll figure out. I'll find out what it I is. Keep, I keep seeing ads for it. That's, I'm like, stop sending me these ads. Whatever it is, it's an industrial strength kind of case, and it weighs... It makes the, the phone weigh about five pounds, it feels like. So, I was like, this is... That's uh, fun. Yeah, but it won't break. It's great. It's great with basketball shorts. Yes. Yes, that's what I found out this morning as I was walking. So, <laughs> you know. You should get a holster. No. Oh, yeah. No. Definitely. I mean, you're, you're the age. You're in that age bracket. You should go full holster. Okay. Yeah, totally. What happened to us, everyone? Good to see everyone back and well. And surviving the first we? week of school. Sam? Are we? Barely. I mean, we've... I mean, if the technical issues actually made sense, like, I would totally understand that. I mean, we actually have a weird thing where our internet just dies at 1020 every morning. That's specific. That's a very odd time. I don't know. I don't know. Something, maybe they're doing something in the neighborhood, or I don't know. We have AT&T Fiber, which is usually super reliable. And before quarantine, we were getting, like, one gig upload, because that's what we paid for. Now it's like nothing because it's it's obviously like better than a lot of other people, but it's just significantly worse than it was that than what I was used to because I used to work from home. I don't know if you guys remember. I used to work from mm-hmm. home, and my internet was awesome. And there's only a couple places in the house where like they're kind of just dead zones for my cell phone if I'm on a call, but usually our internet's fine. But ever since everybody started working from home in quarantine, like you know, obviously there's you know, issues with servers and everyone's online at the same time and stuff where, I mean, you would think that they'd have better solutions, but they don't. So, I mean, all these big companies are scrambling around trying to do the next Zoom, you know, because we use Teams primarily and like Microsoft has improved it so much since, since March to, if you compare the version from March to now, completely different because they are just like oh everybody's using it we need to compete against zoom and all these other companies so they kind of fast tracked everything but because they're fast tracking everything there's still a lot of errors i imagine mm-hmm. and there's you know connectivity issues aside there's just you know it's really hard because i'm on like conference calls with you know our the president of ad sales and there's like 800 people on the call throughout the country it's ridiculous good lord so, yeah so it's it's a lot you know but it is what it is. Um, those events have actually gotten better because it's technically a live event. I think they figured it out because, you know, you can't have, you know, 800 people on the call and, like, you know, there's always somebody unmuted, right? Yeah. <laughs> of course. It is. <laughs> Just, yeah. Or, like, for whatever reason, like, whenever you jump into a call, like, if you don't pay attention, which a lot of people don't, like, you can set your you, – you can set everything. You can set your camera on and your, your microphone muted, but nobody pays attention sometimes. And then – they'll just pop up so they figured it out where it's just a live event only like two people can control the camera and the the microphone and it's run so much more smoothly but when it comes to like internal meetings with just like a couple people on my team or whatever or internal you know there's that issue too where the like people's microphones are unmuted and you know there's background noise someone's driving someone's ordering to go through the drive-thru i heard the other day like what what were they getting 
Or did you I couldn't tell because it was kind of muffled, but I want to say it was Jack in the Box. Good choice. Good choice. I know. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, the Jack in the Box on Hollywood by the Amoeba is gone, or by what was the Amoeba is gone. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh. Amoeba has finally torn down the signs. That's gone. It's so sad. End of an era. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, Amoeba music is a, was a staple of the oh. Sunset um, era. I used to go to the one in, in Berkeley. Yeah. yeah. Is that one still open? I don't remember. I think so. I think it is. Yeah. yeah oh, I haven't Amoeba, been up there in a while. Amoeba was awesome. I mean, it's moved. I just don't... It's somewhere in Hollywood. Well, not oh, like really? it wasn't in Hollywood before, but I think it's Hollywood Boulevard now. But, you know. End of an era. That's yep. sad. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm referring, of course, to the Jack in the Box. I have very, fond, very fond memories of that Jack in the Box. Three in the morning. Great place. <laughs> yeah. It's the only place is, to be at three in the morning. Is the Cinerama Dome... Like dead? Not yet, not yet. It's still, it's still there. Um, I mean, I don't know what that could be turned into. Like that was a state of the art theater. Like, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if you recall, Nate, our our go to three AM place, it was on the corner of Santa Monica and Highland before they tore it down. Do you remember? Uh, Del Taco. The Del Taco. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, was, <laughs> that Del Taco was awesome. It was um, uh, the we. Not a not a preferred nomenclature anymore, but it, we used to talk about that's where the uh, tranny prostitutes would hang out. But I guess that's not a, not a preferred term anymore. The transsexual prostitutes, and the reason they would hang out in that Del Taco was because the pimp hung out in the Del Taco. He would sit in the corner, and the women would come in and out, and I'd just be sitting there with my tacos, being like, "This is an interesting transaction I'm watching." Huh. And I think somebody died behind my car once. Like, I, I, I went out to my car after having my delicious Del Taco tacos, and there was just a, an unconscious person behind my car, and somebody called 911, and the, the ambulance came and had to take him away, and I just had to sit there and wait because he was blocking my car. Hope he was all right. No idea. That's like the beginning of Pretty Woman, remember? Um, was it Skinny Marie died? Oh, no. Skinny. R.I.P. Skinny Marie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I vividly remember that, um, but, you know, it's just like, well, whatever. It's just it's a prostitute. Who cares? Kind of attitude in the beginning of the movie, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they tore down that Del Taco, and now it's a Walgreens. To oh. Talk about... Hey, what, what, what is the Yellow Taxi Cab song? Something and, and put up a parking lot? Is I that, don't know. Whatever. It has a different name than... That one? Yes. Yeah, it's... it's oh, paper. no. Yeah, pay paradise and put up a parking lot. This, yeah. The name of the song is "Yellow Taxi Cab," which is what that's why it's, what it is. it's, yeah. it's baffling. Like that's you would never guess that ever. Who which incidentally, that, that what's that? Who's that? Like a? Uh, I think it was. Joni Mitchell. It, I think it was Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell There's or many or, many covers, many many covers. Yeah, the the Counting Crows did a cover, but I believe it was Joni Mitchell or yeah, and uh. Allegedly, legendarily, that's the song that what she was talking about was on the corner of Sunset and Crescent Heights. The, the strip mall that is currently about to be torn down with yep. the McDonald's. Um, what? Yeah. yeah they, 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 this has been in the, in the process for years. They've been slowly closing down everything in that strip mall. Like it started with the subway like five or like longer than five or six years ago. Oh, yep. yep. Um, and they were going to tear that down to build some monstrosity, high-rise, condo, slash, um, commercial, something or other. Um, but that used to be, back in the 30s and 40s, that corner was a, um, 
I believe it was called the Gardens of Allah. It was like a hotel um, living space where like artists and actors would go hang out because it was co- close to the studios, and it was called the Gardens of Allah. And led, like supposedly, Joni Mitchell wrote the song because they tore that down and literally put up a parking lot and a strip mall. So I don't know if it's if that's ever been confirmed, but supposedly, allegedly, that's what the song is about. Well, I mean, it's close to Laurel Canyon, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, it's, it's it, like if you look up Gardens of Allah, like it was back in like the 30s, 40s, 50s. It was a really cool space where like artists and musicians and actors would all hang out. Uh, well, but, uh, with all the uh, like actors, like the actor apartments, which are like these little one bedrooms that you like are little communes throughout the town yeah, or the West a, Hollywood area. Like cot- they're like cottages. Yeah. Like there's a ton of them um, um, across the street from the, uh, well now it's Henson Studios, but used to be Charlie Chaplin Studios on, uh, is that Highland? Yes. Uh, you can see it directly across the street. Now they're like kind of run down apartments. Like they like, literally look like little one bedroom apart, like studios. But yeah, they used to be like cottages that the actors would yeah, use. The studios would rent them out to them or they would pay for them to stay there because the, the studios had actors under contract. So they'd be like, oh, here, here's your place to live. Go and then come and a, come to set. Oh, yeah. the and a lot of them um, lived in New York. So they were like, it was like temporary housing. They would fly, you know, they would move them out to L.A. to make a movie and then they'd go back. Oh, for anyone who wants to get an idea of like the, the strip mall that we're talking about with the McDonald's and everything like that, it's used in falling down. Uh, <laughs> is that the McDonald's from Falling that's Down? That's the that's the McDonald's. I, that's where he shoots up the the phone booth. I have not seen that movie in so many years. And that McDonald's scene is, I mean, that's very memorable from it. It's, it's like that was like his breaking point because yep. they wouldn't serve him breakfast at like ten thirty five. Um, that's funny. I have not seen it in so long that I did not. I would not. And I mean, plus, with last time I saw it, I would not have really probably been familiar with that McDonald's. No, no, just just for those listeners who you know. Want to want to get an idea of what we're talking about? There's something not a good movie. My very uh, my it it is my very first. We've talked about it before actually. My very first film class I ever took at UCLA it was the very first class I took. Like day one, week one, the very first college course I ever took was film and um, it's called Film One Fourteen, uh, Film and Social Change, and it was uh, one of that was one of the films that that the professor decided we were going to study. So we watched it and like went like you know analyzed it it's a good movie yeah what were some of the other ones that they threw in there for you oh god i I wish that honestly all the all those film courses blend together i don't know why that's the one i remember from that like i could tell you you know i we've talked about before like i took the european musicals film class that where we watched like Hard Day's Night, uh, Quadrophenia, Tommy, like, yeah. you know, those crazy movies from the 70s. I could I could list all those movies, but for some reason, maybe it's because of, you know, all the way back freshman year. Um, I mean, Falling Down is, like, the only... Oh, no, there were a few other ones. I just can't remember them. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah, it's nearly 20 years ago. Well, it's over 20 years ago. It, uh, I don't want to talk about that. Uh, yeah, it was 22 years ago, I guess. Well, I, I, hey, I have my 20-year college reunion this May. So. Uh, we, we've talked. Yeah, are you going to go? Um, if everything's okay, I should probably swing by and say hi to my friends because they usually all yeah. make it to that one. So, eh, I mean, if you're a, a smaller – I mean, yours wasn't like a tiny school, but it a was smaller a tiny, school that, a that works. School, like man. UCLA, that doesn't work. No, I no, mean, no. I don't. I don't think the what five thousand of us from our graduating class are gonna show up anywhere. There was fifteen hundred students in my whole school. 
So it's a high school. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a, even a particularly big high school. No, it's my, not. No. My high school was small. I only had, uh, I think, I think it was 850, 860, something like that, which yeah. is a small for for a public school. But like fifteen hundred. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. Like I, it's smaller than the high school that I, the public school that I would have gone to, which was about three thousand kids. So my my mom went to one of those enormous high schools where uh, like her class was two thousand. Like to me, that that's that mind boggling. Especially for, for high when? school, that seems mind boggling. Especially back in those days, you know. Yeah. That's crazy. That's a crazy amount of people. Yeah. <laughs> I liked being it, you know, I think my, my class had 186 people in it, my graduating class. And, you know, I like knowing every single person in your class. I can't imagine having 2000 people. You would know like a small fraction of them. That's a different kind of way of living. Yeah. I feel like we might've lost Sam. So, Did we? Oh, no, she's frozen. Oh, no, 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 she's Hello? back. Yeah, yeah, no, you're oh. good. You're good. You're good. Oh, the, the, <laughs> for anyone, Sam just did the whole like old person. Yeah. Like, let me get really close to the screen, kind of thing. As, uh, can you see me? Can you <laughs> hear me? Hello. How how I is that this. going? I wish I wish this was a visual medium because I mean, like, it would help. The, the, Sam just inches from the screen. Like her her camera is just hysterical. I really wish that I had like Gilbert Godfrey's voice and just be like, hello, can you hear me? I can't do it. I, got, I mean, I guess he's, I he's canceled, right? <laughs> Whatever. Did he? Was he canceled? He was canceled for doing something stupid a while ago. I think ago. he said something oh, racist. Well he, got, well, he got fired from, from um, um, Affleck. Affleck. Yeah. Affleck. For, for, for something. But it wasn't, I don't think it was like. I think it's it, racial. I think it Maybe. was. I, I think he had a joke that was just over the line. It wasn't like he wasn't like it wasn't Me Too or anything like that. But I do remember they fired. Yeah, because I mean he was he was the original Affleck. Um, is that a duck? I guess it's a duck. Yeah. It, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if they make those commercials anymore. Uh, they do. But I just don't see uh, them anymore because I don't have TV. So that's the weird point. thing. It's like when you're like, oh, I don't know any of the. Com- like any of the uh, the good commercials anymore. It was back in 2011, so it was a while ago. Yeah. Uh, some Japan tweets. Oh, yeah, it's probably something racist. It happens. Happens to the best of them. Um, yeah, but does it, though? I mean, Michael Richards no. and, like, <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Richards got, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, his was bad. His was really bad. You could not do it. That's the thing. As a comedian, there's so much more. No. His, other things that you can do. Yeah, and his being Michael Richards being on video was especially bad. Uh, yeah, it was bad all around. Just happened down the street for me. Yes, it one. did. Yes, it did. So he's he sort of made amends, more sort of like he. I mean, he 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 just disappeared really, but he, he kind of like. I don't know if he's quite the pariah he used to be. I don't know. Eh, I don't know how you come back from that in the sense like, he, A, he doesn't really need to come back. He's got signed no, money. So. They, the, all the, I mean, not obviously there are different levels of success from that show. Like, you know, Seinfeld being making, you know, being worth hundreds and hundreds of millions. Yes. Um, I mean, Julie Louis-Dreyfus was already a billionaire. Like, I don't think most people realize that she was born into extreme wealth. So, like, she's been a billionaire her whole life. 
Um, well, I mean, like adjacent, though, right? Because I mean, I, I, didn't her parents get divorced? So it wasn't well, necessarily like a straight line for her to get all that money or well, whatever. Well, no, no, she but does, she just but no. I mean, that's true. She grew and up I, in a wealthy family. It, I, guess. I believe it's her father and it's her father's family's something or other. And it does it, like that. Besides the point, she made a ton of money outside that. Like I don't. I mean, besides on Seinfeld, Veep, and hell, she's. She's won Emmys for starring roles on three different shows. I don't know if anybody else has ever what was done the, that. What was the the, the one before? There the, was a, the, the the new the something the new old the old, the, the old the new, new adventures old of old the new adventures of old Christine. <laughs> yeah, and she won she won an Emmy for that, and then she won an Emmy for Veep, and then she won Emmys for Seinfeld. Like it's pretty remarkable. She's incredible. She's a great actress. She's the she best. Was, she was on one of the shittiest seasons of SNL ever. Like, believe it was the 1983 season that nobody talks about. Oh, the so Robert bad. Downey Jr. year. I, I believe it. Yeah, the Robert Downey Jr. Anthony Michael Hall year. I believe oh. she might have been on for more than one season because her husband was on multiple seasons. Brad Hall. That's how they met. But um, I mean, it, she was like a bit player on it back yeah. then. Like you know, in the same way that most people don't. Re- you know the um, the. The same way that like people like Sarah Silverman on SNL, like where they you didn't even realize they were in the cast because they may they were maybe in the background in one sketch per week, right? You they, know, like things like that. There was some weird thing they used to like. Uh, it wasn't there was like a featuring, and then it was kind of like the up and comers. Yeah, of the, yeah. The cast. Well, they they still do main cast and featured cast. That's what it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, they still do that. Like, there's a few, and then like sometimes the featured players. Yeah, they're usually just background. Maybe they. Maybe they can get a, a speaking line, and then if they're, you know, maybe they last, they, they work their way up to to main cast, or maybe they just disappear, or maybe they're like Jenny Slate and get fired after one episode. What did she do again? Fa- famously, she said "fuck" on the air on her very first episode. Uh, I didn't realize she got fired. Yeah, she got fired that day. Like Lauren Michael f- fired her after the show. I mean, she's gone on to do be fine. Yeah, you know, most most people like. You know, probably wouldn't recover from something like that. But yeah, she she said fuck. And the, the if you go, you can go back and watch it. I I don't think it's been scrubbed from like things like YouTube. Maybe it has. It's hard um, to scrub things. Like but that. Uh, well, NBC is so weird about their properties. But like on her, like she became a meme before really memes were much of a thing because she, the look on her face, she knew, she knew she literally fucked up. Like because I mean, there's no there's no recovery from that. Because uh, you know they SNL they they don't do the I don't think they do a, a delay of any kind for so they can bleep you out I don't like it's not even like a five second delay I don't believe. No. Oh. Well, I mean, she looks so much like Priya. It's kind of uncanny that like it's probably better that way for me at least because I don't want to see that represented oh, on the screen. Tell, don't tell me that now. I she looks I, exactly like her. How do you not know this? Now I can't not see that. Damn it, Sam! Way to ruin it. She looks exactly like her. Yeah, now I see it, but I don't. But like you know, uh, you know, Prey is an Indian version of her. But yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable. Like, hey, like if they needed someone to play her story, you know, they're interchangeable. <laughs> if they needed somebody, what are you saying? Priya can play Jenny in the Jenny Slate movie, or if they made a movie about Priya, Jenny Slate would play Priya. Vice versa. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you never those know. are. That's true. I don't think those are movies I need to see. Wait, wait. It was, except, wait. If there was a Prius story, would I would I be a character in it? Because that'd be cool. 
Yeah, who would play you? So you get to choose, right? I don't know. Who would play... So don't leave this up for me. 20-year-old twenty, 20 year old oh, Nate Saber. No, t- this is 20-year-old Nate Saber. Okay. Stop it with your... with your uh, What's his name? Um, David Cross? David Cross, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I know. Now that I'm old, I look more... It's, it's, one, of the, it's one of the Spruce Brothers, probably. Spruce Brothers? Is that Spruce? I don't know how to pronounce it. The the Cole Sprout. I don't know. I forgot their last name. Oh, the Sprouse Brothers. The Sprouse, Sprouse Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Cole Close and enough. Bill. You're saying that one of them could play me at twenty? Yeah, they could. They could shave their heads. Well, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, now now you got. See, you ruined Jenny Slate for me like two minutes ago, but now you got me thinking thinking better because i might have a i might have a role in a movie that nobody would watch because i don't know why somebody would make a biopic about priya but you know whatever she might cure cancer she's a that's true she has time she might, she might like develop something amazing in the veterinary world i think you know that's that is that's true we're, we're only we're yeah you know we're all we're all in our well, you're not quite yet but uh, you know early 40s we, we have time to to do great things Anthony Bourdain famously said that like he 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 didn't actually have become any sort of successful until his forties because he took he so fucked up his twenties and thirties that like they, those were just you know empty empty for him. So we still have time. I, I, life starts life starts at forty. I understand that feeling. So yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah, it's okay. Um, and, 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 I mean, and, you can always start over. That's the good thing about America, right? I, well, I, I wouldn't mind starting over somewhere else. I don't know if I want to start over. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if you want to start a new career or if you wanted to start something else, like, it's a little bit easier because, you know, you're able to do that in a, in a, in a big country. And, you know, it's the American dream or whatever. Like, a lot of countries, if you're, you're you kind of get stuck in some sort of career path sometimes and you can't really, you know, pivot based on financial reasons or other reasons or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> No, you're right. You're right. It, it is like there are people who I think it's also because of the way we we're, we learn. Maybe those who those who do go to college, it's kind of like you have that. Uh, uh, um, like when it comes to Britain, I know this. You go to school, you go to college for three years and you're just focused in what you're studying. And that's your you choose your career at 18, I guess, 17, 18. And then that's what you're doing the rest of your life. And I mean, it was kind of like that here. But now it's like everyone's like, oh. Oh, let me see what I, you know, I didn't go to college yeah. knowing what I was going to do. Nate did and then realized he didn't want to do it. Oh, yeah. I've been doing that successfully since, uh, you know, since 2002. Yeah. I'm a doctor. I didn't tell anybody. You guys didn't know that? Did not know that. Missed that. Yeah. I've been, well, I've, well, I've, Nate... I've been, a, I've been a practicing uh, doctor for the last uh, 15 years. How is the black Alleg- market? Allegedly. Allegedly a doctor. <laughs> you have no proof that I'm not a doctor. Well, you did. So I do have proof that Nate did the MCATs and actually did fairly well on them um, after college. Yes, that is true. So, so there's that. I mean, and you did do like some EMT stuff for a while, right? I I, I took the course to like uh, I, I I was like study. I didn't actually finish the course. So, but I got I, I took it was like it was it was a lot of it was a big time suck. Like I I. <laughs> It was like a three-hour course almost every day for like, uh, um, like two months. So I was like, you know what? I don't know if uh, if I have the time for all this. So I yeah. So running around videotapes, that uh, what was it? Oh yeah. Oh uh, no, entertainment tonight. Yeah, entertainment. Yeah. Tonight. No. Okay. No. I, 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 I. Although to be honest, I probably would be amassed in horrible med, um, student loan debt if I had gone through med school. Um, like most doctors are, um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I, 
I decided not to do that and instead decided to get a $7 an hour job at Entertainment Tonight. There you go. Would you think that doctors that are like in the front lines should just be a little, you know, debt forgiven for putting their lives on the, the line for all this Oh, stuff? absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, what was it they were? I think it was on the Scrubs podcast, which Sam was to like, I believe, or maybe it was some other podcast I was listening to where they were, they were actually commenting on when we were kids, it seemed like lawyer and doctor were like the cliched jobs that your parents would want you to have that you wanted to have because it automatically meant success. Like if you were a lawyer or doctor, you're successful. But in reality, they don't get, I mean, obviously there are exceptions. Like if you go into private practice as a doctor, plastic surgery or any sort of other private practice, yeah, you're going to make a lot of money. But like if you're working in a hospital, you don't make a lot of money. Um, and you, you're putting your life at risk every day and lawyers, it's kind of the same. I know many lawyers. There's like, um, I have a lot of doctor friends and the, the malpractice ones, especially for anesthesiologists, the insurance is so high that it's just like, you, you have all this debt and then you're finally, and then you like work your butt off. You're an intern attending a resident and all this stuff. And you're finally like can do whatever you want. And then you have to pay all these fees because of insurance and stuff and you have a really crappy schedule depending on where you work you know unless you want to like start your own practice or whatever like i'm just like i don't the rewards are great because they're saving lives or whatever but like the build-up takes so long and exhausting that like you're in so much debt and you probably get paid hardly anything in the beginning especially that like is it really worth it you know yeah yeah no i was gonna say that like aside from the debt like malpractice insurance is insane for doctors just they have to cover themselves just in case because we live in a very litigious society so people like to sue for just about anything what i imagine i'm an anesthesiologist for sure but i imagine plastic surgeons have crazy they put crazy premiums for malpractice because the not like pretty much the service you're providing seems very um open to the um the recipient or patient not being happy with the product and wanting to sue and generally, the ones that uh, have the money for that type of proce- those type of procedures also have the money to sue. Yeah, like so that I imagine is very very high. Uh, like me- I, I don't I don't imagine like, and I could be completely wrong about this, but I don't imagine say like ER doctors are getting sued all that often because generally, if something goes wrong in an ER situation, it would be very hard to prove the doctor was at fault, except in extreme cases. But usually, the hospital is sued. But if you're if you're giving out botched breast implants, you're gonna get sued pretty easily. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, and then lawyers, you know, we not all not all lawyers are successful. Well, I yeah. mean, Cher's mom in Clueless died of you know a botched liposuction, and her dad's a, her dad was an attorney, so I imagine he like he was he, he wasn't just a lot an of att- money from that, but he wasn't just an attorney, Sam. He was a litigator. I thought he was a prosecutor. No, no he, was a, uh, he was a litigator. She, she has scary. that line where she, said, she, where she says he's a litigator. He's the scariest kind of lawyer. <laughs> I, I have not seen that movie in a while, it turns out. It, it's you said that. It's on, I want to say it's on Netflix. Um, it's, it actually holds up really well. And, you know, just off, it's based off of um, Emma is great, too, because I love Emma as well. Mm. Um, they so were talking. It's, I love the. It's fine. It's fine entertainment fun. I hope I, I don't know how caught up you are, Sam. And I know I always bring up the Scrubs podcast, but did, um, they're trying to get Alicia Silverstone to be a guest on the Scrubs podcast because she and Donald Faison are still really good friends. 
and and I guess she and um, Zach Braff are good friends because he she starred in a short he wrote and directed. And so she said she'd be happy to come on, but she was confused because she's like, but I wasn't on Scrubs. What, what exactly would we talk about? But I would totally tune into that. Just a, an hour of them talking about anything but Scrubs would be fine by me. It doesn't matter what they talk about. No, they don't need to. They, they, no, I'd, I'd love to hear clueless stories. To be honest, that's all I would care about. That's, that's, all, hear, that's I, all we want, really want to hear anyway. I want to hear if Stacey Dash was as crazy then as she is now. I doubt did you it, did, did you see what her husband is trying to do now in their divorce case? Yes, I did. Where he's 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 trying to claim uh, he's trying to get the entire marriage annulled uh, by claiming he was hypnotized. The, the only reason that he actually married her was that he was hypnotized. It's amazing. By, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's you know it, it it's a as they say it's a bold what was what it's is a bold the cotton move line? cotton. A, I hope I hope it I hope it works we'll out. We'll see how it pays out. We'll see if it works <laughs> out for him. Yeah, so I don't know the the the. I think, is if I recall, I believe it's because they don't have a prenup, and he actually is the main money earner. Stacy Dash, shockingly, Stacy Dash, I don't believe has a lot of income these days. Um, she doesn't seem to be uh, in high demand. Uh, you mean her? And yeah, so I, the Fox News stuff that she was doing is. Uh, oh, I don't. She got. Yeah, she's. I'm shocked that. Oh, I mean, that really tells you how how far out of favor she's fallen with that crowd is I don't even think she could get on OAN and that's the crazy channel. Like that's like, that's the, even what's her name is falling out of favor with Tammy Lauren, Tom, Tommy, the, the joke, the joke for so long has been mispronouncing her name that I can't actually remember what her name is. Cause people call her Tammy as a joke. Right. Uh, so it's Tom. Yeah. I, I think Tommy Lauren's even fallen out of favor with OAN, which is saying something because you, she you, has a, like the, my, my body, my choice, kind of like that one moment. She's a horrible. She, oh, she's a horrible human being. Yeah. yeah. But, but that's OAN for you. But, um, yeah. Wow. That was a tangent from not really. Not I guess really. No, Stacey just, Dash. Go, no, Stacey Dash to Tommy, you know, if you want to throw Candace Owen in there, you can, might as well. Oh no, I prefer never to speak of her. Okay. Ever. Well, I mean, I feel like they're all kind of replaceable. It's like sticking pretty, pretty girl talking head until they're dis- they're all disposable until they say something or do something bad, and then they like on to the next one. I mean, wasn't like Kim Gilfoyle the same too? Like, I, I think she spoke at the RNC. I didn't pay attention. Oh, I oh did, did she, she speak at the RNC? That wasn't. You know. Oh, Sam! That I keep was seeing a, photos of her going was, like this with her arms up. It was yep. a speech for the. She gave a speech. She gave a pre-recorded speech, which is fine because Michelle Obama did too. Um, but she gave a pre-recorded speech in an empty room. But she was um, enunci- enunciating. I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for. She was basically yelling. She she went full fire and brimstone, like preacher, like. Um, you know, using her what 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 is that called? Gesticulating with her arms. That's and like, amazing. I kinda wanna watch it now. And she like she was yelling, like she was talking she basically was doing it giving a speech as if she was giving a speech to a you know a, Nazis? A, 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 Yes. Yes. Yeah, honestly, honestly, <laughs> I was going to say if you watch old and I, I again it's a I, it's although we're getting closer to it being true, but you know, people are like, let's 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 pump the brakes on you know, comparing the current regime to the Nazis. But that's neither here nor there. Her, if you watch, watching her and the way she was like gesticulating, made me think of when you watch old black and white footage of not not even not just Hitler, but just Nazi speeches, where they just seem so 
fire and brimstone kind of thing. Well, you know what's funny is that because you you know me because this this will seem really weird to other people that don't know me, but I watch that all the time because I studied it in college. And yeah. That's kind of like my like interest in focal point and stuff. Like I read, I used to read the rise and roll, the rise and fall of the Third Reich like every year, and um, I read Mein Kampf like five or six times. Um, it's just something that fascinates me, and I think no, a lot and of the it same. Is, and I think a lot of it, and a lot of, I think I did take some sort of like class uh, about propaganda in college, you know? So we, we watched that a lot and we watched Stalin and we, there's so many different things that you can like kind of just pick apart. But the fact that they're, that she's unaware of that is a problem because but some, or anybody on her staff could have just been like, maybe we should do a, a second cut. Maybe that, we that's... should do an alternate version. That was the crazy, and then uh, Donald Jr. gave a speech as well in the same empty room, and his was also kind of off the rails, uh, and and that's what that was the general consensus afterwards, where people were like, "This is pre-recorded. Did did nobody have this? Was there not a producer who was like, maybe we should redo that? You come across as a crazy person, like it's. Do you think they actually have producers that are going to say no? We shouldn't go with this. And no, uh... probably not. But Kimberly Guilfoyle is, is she's a fascinating like well i think we've talked about her before but yeah you know she famously was married to gavin newsom she was the first lady of san francisco for however long he was mayor of san francisco i believe it was like six seven years seven eight years um before that she worked for the da of san francisco i whose name escapes me i mean i i don't i don't recall his name but he was known as one of the most progressive district attorneys in the history of san francisco and she worked under him so people were like was she is she, did she just have some sort of like mental break point not no just like uh, you know like what is um not awakening but you know like but did she really go from being that progressive to going batshit crazy in the other direction or is this all just a all, like most of the trump family where it's just power like she doesn't believe what she's saying now like oh. was she lying then or is she lying now i guess is the point well, my question is, does the timeline, like, when she was on Fox News as a correspondent, was it the same time that she was married to Gavin Newsom, or was it No, after? it was right after. Like, she went, she almost went directly from, because I, 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 I did, I was curious about that myself. I was like, when exactly were they married? She went to Fox News, like, the year after they got divorced. And I don't, I mean, it's possible that, I mean, people with differing political views can be married. Like, it's possible she was always conservative, but she went really far over to the other side. And now that she's with Donald Jr., she's just, like, way over there. But, yeah, like, I, that the, 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 the best thing about her speech is that all people, rem nobody remembers anything she said in her speech two nights ago. They just remember she, she was yelling like a crazy person. Yeah. Like, so the speech was pretty much useless. There was no substance. The one thing that people were calling her out on, actually AOC called her out on it, um, is that she, part of her speech was she, and I can't recall the, I'm paraphrasing, but she basically was trying to make a point about how she was the child of immigrants. So she was trying to. Oh, trying she's to, Puerto Rican. She was trying to say, yeah, she was trying to say like, see, I'm a, I'm a child of immigrants. So not everybody in this administration is anti-immigrant. And yeah, AOC pointed out, she's like, no, your parents are Puerto Rican. That's American. Like, it's entirely possible that, you know, most of the Trump voting base does not realize that that's American, but they are American. Oh, they they do not know that Puerto Rico is part of oh, America. I'm not sure Donald Trump knows. No, he doesn't. Honest. Absolutely. He's yeah. trying to sell Puerto Rico. 
so he, he, he does we know. also tried to buy he also tried to buy Greenland maybe he was trying to make a trade um I, I have a feeling there's like a an oil purchase in Greenland that he was going for like he's like there's value in Greenland but um I'm sure there is there's probably although um you know Greenland famously as as the you know the Greenland is all ice and Iceland is green famously but the the Vikings did that to confuse people yes um but now uh, Greenland is actually melting because of climate change. Like their main uh, ice sheets, I don't recall what, you know, it's like what whatever it's called, I think it's their ice sheet, is now melting and it's past the point of no return where it will not come back. So Greenland is actually becoming green and that's not a good thing. No. That's a very bad, it's a very, very bad thing. Oh well, yeah, because climate change isn't a thing. It, by Hoax, it's a hoax. It absolutely, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a thing that's going on. Yeah. Hopefully don't make it all the way to when that is actually a thing. But. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, on um, on uh, a lighter note, please. Uh, uh, Sam, I was telling Hugh, there's a new segment I wanted to introduce to the show, um, uh, where I want to uh, maybe not weekly, maybe every other week, uh, focus a spotlight on the crown jewel of the Central Valley. Uh, it, I would, I'm calling it the Modesto Minute. So we're just going to focus stories on your Sam's hometown of Modesto. I hope that's okay with her. I was I was toying with Man, uh, Modesto Manifesto, but I didn't really like the rhyming. So Modesto Minute sounds better. I don't know if Sam's still with us or I'm just talking. Uh, she's she's, uh, she's popping in and out. She's uh, she switched over headsets. It looks like so. Ah, uh, you know. Uh, well, well, I was falling down. Uh, I was trying to find stories to highlight the lovely city of Modesto, and the only one I could come up with for this week was that um, the uh, the pride of Modesto, Scott Peterson, uh, famously murdered his wife, Lacey Peterson, uh, and her and her, she was eight months pregnant at the time. Um, was, his uh, death sentence was just reversed, I, which is fun. I read that. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, he still his conviction wasn't overturned, but the death sentence was. So now his trial is is starting over again, which is fun. Eighteen years after the or eighteen years after the fact, but that's neither here nor there. The Scott Peterson was just my diving off point to talk about Modesto because that was the only thing I could think of. Where can you hold on for a second? I'm having um, little technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Okay. I have to log in and log back in. Okay. Oh, I just fine. heard. I just heard Scott Peterson. I want to talk. Oh, about yeah. That. Okay. 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 All right. I'll repeat myself. So prior to the Scott Peterson comment, as I was saying, I wanted to introduce a new segment where um, uh, every week or every two weeks we, we put a, a shine a spotlight on Modesto, uh, your beautiful hometown, the, the crown jewel of the Central Valley. And Scott Peterson just happened to be in the news this week. So that's what I was focusing on. So Is she going again? How come he was on the news? How, how come he's on this? Uh, his his uh, his death sentence was overturned. Oh, uh, for killing really, his wife and, and his unborn child. His when the, the the conviction wasn't overturned, only the sentence was overturned, and it's it's just legal minutia basically. Uh, they uh, the Supreme Court decided that the judge way back then um, illegally didn't allow certain jurors um, for, in the jury pool because they didn't believe in the death penalty, so. And, and they basically, the Supreme Court said the judge, that that particular judge acted unconstitutionally, so they're going to have to retry it. But he's still convicted of murder. It's just a matter of now they're going to retry it, and he's going to be life in prison or the death penalty again. But 
that was neither here nor there because that's not that interesting a story. What got me, I saw that story and then I went and then it made me think of, if, um, you know, famously Scott Peterson, as we said, murdered his uh, wife and, their, uh, and she was eight months pregnant. And two TV movies came out of it. I don't know if you remember them. Uh, there was uh, the first, the, there was Dean Cain's The Perfect Husband, the Scott Peterson story. Yeah. And then the following year, Janelle Maloney starred in Amber Fry, Witness for the Prosecution, because Amber Fry was famously Scott Peterson's uh, girlfriend. Um, mis- mistress. Mistress, yes. Mistress. But anyway, so that got me on a. Um, on another tangent, as we usually do, where I was like, "What has Dean Cain been up to lately?" Oh. So I, I went and I went into a deep dive of Dean Cain's filmography of the last fifteen years, and oh my god, we could do an entire episode on this. He has somehow gotten himself into this weird niche, niche, however you like to pronounce it, where he does like almost exclude. Well, he's become a darling of the Hallmark Channel, where he does a lot of Christmas movies. He and Danica McKellar of Wonder Years fame, they star in a ton of Christmas movies on the Hallmark Channel. But, but Dean Cain specifically, over the last 10 years, has made an absurd number of movies that star animals, like where animals are the leading roles. And just going through his filmography is fucking hysterical. Oh, my God. He is um, just – he starred in a six – what? I was going to say, so it's not like Brendan Fraser who did, like, George of the Jungle no, one no. time. It's more of, like, a repeated thing. Sam, I'll read off. Okay, first off, he starred in this entire series um, that are they're called the Dog Who Saved series, starting in 2009 with the Dog Who Saved Christmas. Then the next year, the Dog Who Saved Christmas Vacation. Then there was the Dog Who Saved Halloween, the Dog Who Saved the Holidays, and then finally, uh, more recently, the Dog Who Saved Summer. And these, all these movies uh, are about a dog who saves these different things, obviously. It's a dog named Zeus, uh, same character in all the movies. Uh, Dean Cain plays the father of the family with the dog. But the dog talks. So the dog has a speaking voice. And in uh, four of these six movies, the dog is voiced by Mario Lopez. And in the other two, the dog is voiced by Joey Lawrence. So how have I not seen any of these movies? Because they sound awesome. Just awesome. <laughs> I, I have, You're going to have to uh, have a movie marathon. <laughs> um, but then on top of those dogs who saved movies, some other movies that he starred in that are not uh, that are unrelated was um, this year he has Sky Dog coming out. Yep. He has Andy the Talking Hedgehog. Yep. A movie called Horse Camp. Then he did a separate series about animals, which were, one was called A Dog for Christmas. And then he had A Horse for Summer. He starred in a movie in 2014 called The Three Dogateers. And then my absolute favorite that comes out this year, he stars in a movie called Agent Toby Barks, which is about a dog secret agent. Every movie I just named was made in the last 10 years. He's made at least a dozen movies that involve dogs or horses. And it's such a weird, like niche to find yourself in like that's just bizarre uh did you happen to notice one of those movies that i didn't know even exist are you are you you talking about talking about airplane versus volcano no i'm talking about revenge of the mask 2 there was a revenge of the mask 1 yeah this is part of the mask series yes the jim carrey yeah i thought i thought the mask series was killed with when jamie kennedy did son of the mask I, I guess there was. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that one was actually out in movie theaters. 
Well, my other question is, I kind of, for whatever reason, put Dean Kane and Billy Zane in the same bucket. <gasps> how, oh, dare how dare you? How what's dare Billy you? Zane? I know, but what's Billy Zane been up to? Billy Zane never has to do another thing after Zoolander. Th- thank you, Billy Zane. Oh, it turns out the Revenge <laughs> of the Mask 2 is a short, but there are two of them. Oh, and this Dean Kane is actually, was a, I, I should have done the segue earlier, because he is super MAGA and is like a, become a, you know, they, the, 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 the Trump family and the whole all that that crew love so much to hate on Hollywood and celebrities. Be, you know, they like the liberal Hollywood, evil liberal Hollywood. But they really love when a celebrity comes over to their side, yeah. no matter the level of celebrity. Like they embrace Scott Baio with open arms, even though who the hell cares about Scott Baio? Dean Cain is not, like their you know their list of uh, you know the uh, the the big stars of. of Trump administration are obviously James Woods, who is crazy. Right. Uh, John Voight. Yep. Uh, Tim Allen and Kelsey Grammer are very hardcore Republican, but I don't believe they're MAGA. I believe they're just famously in the same way that Clint Eastwood is no longer Trump supporter. Like he's Republican, but he hates Trump. Vince Vaughn's but, in uh, that group. Is he? Well, you know, it happens. They're, it's not like. There aren't Republicans oh, actors, yeah, 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 yeah. but 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 there's a difference between a Republican actor and like a MAGA yes, actor. Yes, yes, yes. Like yes. like we we you know we just referred to Stacey Dash, um, Scott Baio, Dean Cain is one now. Yeah. Um, uh, my favorite is Antonio Sabato Jr. is hardcore MAGA. He actually ran for a, uh, a congressional seat in California. Uh, I believe that I think it was. Um, like wherever, whatever district Camarillo is, I believe he he tried to run for that that district. Um, that's great. That's my father-in-law's district. Awesome. Oh, well, I don't. He didn't yeah. win. He didn't win. But um, yeah, so that it just got me in a, the Dean Kine, Dean Kane deep dive, and I was like, wow, he is. Uh, he's. He, I mean, good for him. He's you know he's he's still getting cast and things. I guess. I mean, very specific niche. Very specific, like a lot of well, dog movies. A lot. Well, this of is dogs. the thing: if if he does something stupid like Lori Loughlin did, like he'll have that Hallmark contract, uh, uh, that Hallmark contract canceled so fast. It's true. So he can't get into any trouble because I, right. I imagine if it's like a Hallmark type thing, it would they have morality clauses and stuff like that. I, ima- well, I imagine you know be- being a convicted felon and going to prison is probably not good. Uh, although she wasn't, you know, Hallmark got ahead of that. They they got they they canceled her before she was actually convicted of anything. Uh, but there are three giant stars of the Hallmark um, network family, like that seem to star in all the movies. There's Danica McKellar, there's Dean Cain, and there was Lori Loughlin. I don't know if any of them have ever been in a movie together. I don't know what the confluence is there, but they seem to all be in Hallmark movies. There's probably a movie there somewhere that where they all started together. I have no idea. I have not watched many Hallmark movies. But hey, if they, you know, they're 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 still getting jobs. It's quarantine. You might as well start trying and and, and seeing. Start start watching Hallmark channel Hallmark movies. Yeah, okay. might as well. All right. all right, I can try. They're they're right up my alley. I mean, especially the Christmas movies. My jam used to be, well, um, what was it? Was it the Family Network? What was the, the channel that used to... It, it's changed. It's now called something else. It's called like... Free, ABC Family. Yes. ABC it, Family is now Freeform. Freeform, yes. But when it, when it was ABC Family, they used to do the 25 Days of Christmas every year. And it was a lot of their made-for-TV... They TV still movie, do. Made they for still TV. do. They weren't all made-for-TV. Like, they would play mainstream studio movies, but a lot of them were the made-for-TV. And two of them 
were two of my favorite holiday movies of all time were Snow and Snow 2, where Tom Cavanaugh played Santa Claus. And the love, you know, one of the six or seven loves of my life, Ashley Williams, played his love interest. Um, God, I gotta... Those movies rocked. Uh, but then Hallmark just, Hallmark tried to wedge themselves into that, that no, we're going to take over December, we're taking over the Christmas movies. No, but you know who's, who's starting to slowly creep up is Netflix. They've oh, been doing yeah. a lot of cheesy movies like that. They um, have. They, I've noticed that. Yeah. Which those used to be my jam. Like, I love the cheesy, the, you know, the cheesier, the better, but though, yo, that's 25 days of Christmas. Oh, did I love those movies? Those were great. Yeah, I stumbled upon one with Christina Milian. I think that's her last name. She's, you know, she, yep. uh, she won some sort of contest where she won on bed and breakfast in Australia or something, and it's just on in the background. And um, it was bad, but you know, obviously, she's like the city girl from San Francisco, and you know, whatever. And they she moves to this little podunk little town in the middle of like Australia or New New Zealand or something like that. And, of course, she falls in love with somebody there. I think he's a contractor, if I remember correctly. You know, just stuff like that. It's cute, but, you know. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with cute it, movies that are just entertaining yeah. you. you know, I just, think. um, well, it's funny because one of my um, friends on Facebook, like, asked randomly, like, like what are some good rom-coms? And I, I just, like, followed it just to see what people would put down. Right. And, and there's this whole, like, like, not, it's not an argument or anything, but, like, somebody pointed out, they're like, well, it's, is Bridesmaids one because, you know, it's kind of like a raunchy comedy and and then there's a lot of like like I put pretty woman, but is it really a rom com because it's more dramatic than anything? So if I'd you say, can I would I would I would say pretty woman is a rom rom com. I would not say Bridesmaids is. No, Bridesmaids no I'd say Bridesmaids. It is. Crystal Dad's a romantic character and they end up getting together at the end, you know? Like I mean a lot of it is about her friendship, but and and like no, you know, that's between, true. I would but say... there is some romance. I mean John Hamm, stellar Oscar worthy performance. I would say that Bridesmaids is just a flat-out comedy, even though there's a romantic element to it. It doesn't follow the prototypical rom-com kind of storyline in that sense. And then that's well, because I, I would. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't no, no, no. And then um, I don't think you can have a rom-com where the lead actress is a whore like that. Um, clearly, you've never seen. A rom com. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess not. No, no, no. So I, so I guess we're saying Notting Hills, not a, not a rom com now. Well, Notting Hills, fantastic. I'm, I, well, that, actresses, that was a joke about her character. Actresses were prostitutes back then. I'm just yes. saying. Oh no, yeah, I, know, I know, I know. Uh, what, what was it? What was uh, What was I thinking about? Shit. She's so unlike, like, I, Notting Hill, one of my all-time favorite movies, and I'll watch it anytime, and I'll defend it anytime. But my God, is she un, is her character unlikable in that? Oh, like you want you yeah. want them to end she up together? She treats him like crap. You she want them to like end crap. up together because you want the happy ending, but she is a piece of shit the whole movie. Like you don't get, to, she doesn't get to, you know, with the whole I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy. Tell you know what that whatever. You were an asshole like, to him the like, whole time. That's the thing. It's like, how did she come about to, to that conclusion, first of all? Because they really, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, did not spend that much time together. Um, like, and he's just like moving on with his life, not knowing if she's ever going to pop back into his, yeah. you know, like, like it's they, just not fair. They like see, they, and, you know, throughout the, they see each other like every, once every year, like as, they, there's the, even that whole like montage of him walking around his neighborhood as the seasons change. Cause he, you know, he, like there was that much time had passed between him seeing her and then like the next time he sees her on her film set she treats him like shit even though she didn't know he was listening because he had his headset in she's terrible 
honestly. Well, to be it, fair, she didn't. She did. She said that because she didn't want people to start gossiping, and I understand that because you know she wants to keep her private life private. But she could have easily meant it as well. Well, if we're being honest, the, 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 what the A-plot love story of Notting Hill really is Spike and um, his, Hugh Grant's sister. Like, that's the A-plot. Yes, that's the movie. Because I, he, didn't even, he didn't even know that they were together. That's the, that's the movie that I want to That's how self-absorbed that guy is. Hugh Grant's character <laughs> doesn't even know his sister's dating his roommate. So. No, it's so funny. No, like, he didn't, like, Spike didn't know that they were together because she basically said that she was engaged. And she's like, oh. It's you. And he's like, okay. That's... I'm like, I wish it was that easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's his face? Who's the friend, the, the one who gets fired at the end? Uh, who, like, had a look at disappointment. Uh, uh, it's the guy, the, the, the oh. head of Downton Abbey, the dad. Yeah, Hugh Bonneville. Oh, there we go. He's so good. He's very good in that one. Everyone was really good in that one. Unlike, in Notting Hill? In Notting Hill. But I was, yeah. I, it reminds me of the, the Hugh, uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Which, well, Florence is great. But the funny thing is, Andy McDowell is so bad in that movie. Yeah, she's she's very miscast, in my opinion. Like, is it raining out? I w- I didn't know. I'm like, you're getting drenched on, lady. Like, oh yeah, we've yes, yeah, honestly, yes. there's it just, it's like the there's a, a scene in Bull Durham. I know not everyone's a baseball fan, but there's a in a bus scene where Kevin Costner just couldn't act for anything. And he did pretty good in that whole movie. It's just this one scene where he's talking to Tim Robbins. And it's just painful, the dialogue. Um, and we've discussed him many times on the pod, I believe. Well, yeah. in fact, we did famously an entire episode about Kevin, Kevin Costner. Costner. I believe yeah, it yeah, was yeah. like episode two or three. Um, he's very hit or miss. Like when he's, he's, there are movies where you're like, God, this guy can't act for shit. But then there are other movies where, like, no, he's actually really good. Like, I think it's all about the material. Generally speaking, he's much better in sports movies. But you're right. In Bull Durham, he wasn't particularly good. But he's great in other sports movies. Yeah. And uh, I think we owe him apology for The Postman. Um, yeah. I saw somebody bring that up on Twitter recently, that we owe an apology for both The Postman and Waterworld. There's nothing to apologize are, for Waterworld. Those, that was a fantastic movie. But, no. like, how scary is it that both The Postman and Waterworld are becoming nonfiction? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's an, if you, yeah. Yeah. If you would have, if you would have gone back to what I know, uh, Waterworld was what, 94, 5, somewhere around like there. Yeah, yeah, Postman yeah. was maybe early 2000, something like 99, that. 99, 2000. Um, yeah. yeah. If you would have gone back to that time and been like, you know what, in 20 years, this Postman movie, it's going to be accurate. I don't think anybody would believe no, you. No, no, not a single, I mean, it was a book, I believe. Was it really? Yeah, I think so. Which makes more sense, you know. I mean, it was really Waterworld, more more or less. I mean, obviously some some tweaks because it was on land, but you know, post apocalyptic and whatnot. Postman was ninety seven. Um, oh, so it was only a couple years after uh, after Waterworld. And Waterworld is ninety five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the only reason, like, everyone gave a a big hoorah about Waterworld is because they found out what the budget was. It was the first one to go over $100 million. And it made it... It made it, it was not a, bl- a bust. It no, made it, money. it made its money back, but it was a bust. And it's... I Now, granted, I have not watched it in some time, but it's worth it alone for Dennis Hopper. Yep. He's awesome. Yep. And I love that he used to tell stories about um, how he hated making the movie. 
because um, he almost fell off the boat set, like several times during filming because he had no depth perception because he wore an eye patch. Right. And he said like there were times when some of the crew members would have to like grab him or otherwise he was going to fall off the side of the boat. Oh, that's too funny. Um, so he, he didn't love making it. Um, but it's fantastic. I mean, hell, Kevin Costner's like half man, half fish. Doesn't even have a name. He's just the mariner. It's fantastic. It's a yeah, yeah. I don't even. Who is the little girl? I don't. Can't remember. Who oh, she? it was. Um, um, oh, that's gonna drive me crazy. She she went on to do a number of other things, but she that was like one of her first movies. Uh, doesn't really matter. No, Gene Triple Gene Triplehorn played the 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 the. the well, not even a love interest, because it would have been weird to make her a love interest, because uh, um, Kim Costner was kind of a mutant. So I don't think they were they were going for a love angle there. Tina Majorino? Maj- Tina Majorino. Majorino. Tina Majorino, who was in um, Napoleon Dynamite. Yes, she was. I don't Played know how his... you remember this stuff like that. It's just I say uh, a name. Yeah. She, uh, she, she helped bring the side ponytail back after Napoleon Dynamite. Um <laughs> So she might not have done a whole lot in between, but I do remember her in that. I mean, she's kept herself busy. A few episodes of Bones. <laughs> not, not, not Dean Cain busy. No, Dean's been in 178 movies or so. And so, it, it appears that 150 of them have been in the last 10 years, and 120 of them involved a dog. So and a hedgehog. Let's not forget that <laughs> one. Because... Oh yeah, the the Andy the talk. I really uh, I, I laughed when I saw Agent to- Toby Barks because it's obviously a play on Agent Cody Banks, right? Which is one of my favorite Hillary Duff movies. I don't consider it a um, what's his name Frankie movie, Muniz. Uh, Frankie Muniz movie. It's very much a Hillary. Or does he Duff go movie. by Frank or Franklin now? Uh, you know how actors get when they get a little bit older. They don't like oh I don't want well, the nickname name. I don't know. He he he's no longer an actor. No. He actually, strangely enough, and I know this, I, I don't know why, he owns a, um, a, a fancy olive oil store in Scottsdale, Arizona. Yes, I think and that, we talked about this yes, one time. I think we have. He and his girlfriend, or maybe they're not still together, but they owned like a, you know, it's one of those like boutique, um, like basically where you can buy like high-end olive oils. And that's like where he lives. And that's what he does. He doesn't act anymore. He was a race car driver for a while, or tried to be. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He bought the yeah. uh, the very first the Volkswagen in the Fast and the Furious, the first one. Oh, that's right. I did know that. So then his yeah. mom then it had a camera in the car, and his mom caught him speeding because you know. Was, <laughs> uh, Nate, we have two minutes yes. left, and we've been saying that we're going to be doing this for I don't know how many weeks now. You want to get your bubble boy in, or do you kind of want to push uh, it for? I'm gonna uh... need another. I'm gonna need another week. Okay. I um I feel ill prepared. Okay, that's you're, right. Hugh, you're putting me on the spot. I know. You have so much. You have so much time. We always talk about this, Nate. Um, you have so much time to watch it, and it keeps getting postponed. So a part of me thinks that you don't even have one. You're just saying that you do. I, I'm offended. <laughs> I, next next week, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, I'm gonna give you a tight ten minutes on Bubble Boy. Prove what? us wrong. Yes. All right, fine. Challenge accepted. I guess I should probably watch it too, huh? Yeah, probably. Probably. I think I have it on D V D somewhere. So Um Yeah. Okay, m- next week. Next, next week. week we'll next do. week, next okay. Week we'll, we'll get to that next week. So I know everyone's been uh, <laughs> itching to hear this one. But, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean a deep dive into Dean Kane was a surprise. Uh, that was for me. a little I, You know you know what, Sam? It was a deep it was a surprise for me, because like I said, my diving off point was me trying to find something to make fun of Modesto. 
and and it turned into Scott Peterson, which obvious obviously turned into Dean Kane. And uh, yeah, and then I, I just found myself in a rabbit hole of Dean Kane filmography. I mean, I'll take it. I, it was a, it was a journey I was willing to listen to, not having a clue I, that you were going to take us there. I didn't even get it. I can give you. But, I can give you a long list of things to make fun about Modesto. So. No, no. Well, I told you, Sam, it's going to be a weekly piece. So, um, so we'll, 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 we'll brainstorm some stuff for next week. I didn't even get get to, we didn't even get to get into how KFC had to change their uh, slogan. Uh-huh. They're no longer, they can no longer be finger licking good because of COVID, which I think is hysterical. Well, I guess we'll save that one for next week. <laughs>